right, everyone. Thanks for tuning into the Oh I Had That podcast tonight. We have a special guest, Ben from Fright Rags. How you doing tonight, Ben? Good, man. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, thanks for joining us. I I suspect we're in the heart of October here. It's probably prime season for everything you guys have going on. Yeah, it definitely is. Um, it's funny. Uh, the season for us in terms of of Halloween is usually September through October and and uh you know september was a huge month for us and this month is pretty darn big too so it's it's been it's been crazy oh that's awesome yeah and if people aren't familiar uh fright rags uh is fright-rags.com uh you guys specialize specialize in kind of like horror and uh kind of b movies cult classics and like apparel that's inspired by those is that correct yeah, that's correct. It's primarily horror based. I mean, we do venture out of the genre a little bit here and there, but um, for the most part, what you find on our site is is pretty uh, slanted toward the horror genre. Yeah, and everything I see is just so great. I'm, I, I people should definitely check it out if they haven't yet. But um, I, I would love to talk about tonight, kind of things that influence you and how, what led you to be where you're at with Fright Rags and what kind of got you started in the company. Sure. So, um, really it kind of started for me in, on October 30th, 1981, I was four years old and I was at a friend's party. My parents, there's a family friend of ours and I'm the youngest of four siblings. So my three other siblings were off with, with their friends. And basically I was four and bored and wanted to go home and was <laughs> like, mom, let's go. And my parents were like, go watch TV. <laughs> and so I went and sat on the TV and turned it on and Halloween came on and uh, unbeknownst to me that was the network premiere of the film uh, on television Halloween 2 was set to come out that year and Halloween 1 that was the first time it had been aired Um, obviously I was four I had no idea of any of this but you know learning it later yeah Um, and it's funny I've known a lot of people who caught that exact airing and I even have a file that Heather from our warehouse sent me of that entire broadcast with commercials, which is oh, amazing. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. It is, and I even have the TV guide from that week. I bought that off eBay a few years ago. So, oh, wow. Um, <laughs> you know, I saw that movie, and I, I, you know, I don't remember being scared, not because, you know, oh, I was so tough or something. I, I don't, I just don't think I knew what I was watching because I, up to that point, you know, I was used to cartoons or just whatever movies, you know. Yeah. And, I don't know if I knew enough to be scared. I just knew that it affected me somehow, like viscerally. Like I definitely remember seeing Michael go through the closet and I just remember things about that movie. In fact, years later, I would remember that movie and remember scenes that I would never see before or had never seen again since that viewing because, again, as we all know now, they filmed extra scenes during Halloween 2 to insert into Halloween 1 when it premiered on television because they had to cut it for time. Oh, yeah. or, a, or a gore but they had to fill in the time so that actually strengthened the storyline that michael and laurie were brother and sister because obviously the theatrical version never had that because it was never in the original story but they added scenes in so when i was growing up i would watch halloween and i'd be like where's the scene in the boardroom where's the scene in the hospital and then i found out later those were added in for just tv version but anyway watching halloween just I don't know. I just wanted to see more of that. As I got a little bit older, I would, you know, sneak downstairs to watch Night of the Living Dead or Tales from the Dark Side when it was on or, you know, Elvira was big and, and she did a 3D version of uh, Creature from the Lagoon. You had to go to the store and get your 3D glasses. And yeah. um, my 
you know, they weren't my brothers and my sister, they weren't really into horror, but they would rent, you know, my brothers would rent things once in a while. And I remember sneaking downstairs, to watch creep show. But as I got older, I just remember thinking, I just want to see more of that person in a mask killing people. And so, <laughs> it just, you know, when, when, and, you know, again, this is the eighties. So yeah. video stores yeah. were popping up and I would go to, you know, we had before, you know, Blockbuster came in and took over, you know, we had three or four mom and pops in our area and we had a beta for a long time. We were the we were the ones that got the beta back in 1981 <laughs> and we had that for several years. So we had to go to certain shops that had the, you know, beta tapes. But um, and back then it was much more abundant than it is now, of course. But um, anyway, I would just look for horror movies. And by the time I was nine, um, I, I would ride up to this one store by us and. I would constantly want to rent horror movies rated R, obviously, and the the people would be like, "Hey, can you rent this? You're too young." And they parents, and they say it's okay. So my parents were like, "Can we just sign the back of his card, giving him permission to rent these things?" So <laughs> yeah, they don't have to get out of here, call kid. up. <laughs> yeah. So that's kind of what they did. I had this like like you know free pass, if you will. I mean, I, obviously, I still had to pay for the movies, but I mean, I had a free pass to rent them, and you know, I would do that every day in the summer or every week my friend and I would go up there during the school year and stuff. So it just became a tradition to rent horror movies and, and watch them as they grew up. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, that's great. It sounds like starting at four, geez, you have a, a lifelong love of horror in the genre. That's crazy. I, I specifically probably didn't really like watch anything horror or, you know, quote unquote scary until I was maybe around 10 or 11 years old. <laughs> that's still young. You know, I, it's, yeah. It's, I remember Michael Jackson's thriller, The Werewolf, just like scaring the heck out of me. When I, Hell when yeah, he, that was that was pretty spooky. But um, yeah, I mean, I was uh, born in '82, so I'm a few years behind you. But we definitely still had those mom and pop video stores, you know, when I was in my formative years and before Blockbuster and Hollywood Video came to town and kind of took over. But <clears throat> I definitely like always had that love of renting and going there and just looking at all the covers and the art and um that made the experience just so much more it kind of made me uh inspired me to build like a a vhs video store in my uh kind of my cave here in the basement Mm. so my son who's three now can kind of have that experience and pick out a movie and i just i love vhs everyone's like well it's a dead format what are you doing (laughs) But, (laughs) but i still have a love for it and i've been growing the the horror section quite a bit since i started recollecting vhs over a year ago but um yeah i mean what was jumping ahead then we we kind of got a feel for what inspired it but what was like the first uh piece or uh, apparel or item that you kind of launched fright rags with well you know, with the Fright Rags thing, it started out, um, <clears throat> so I was a graphic designer, I guess, by trade. You know, I got my degree in that, and I was working in that field um, designing for a laptop bag company. I was doing, I wasn't designing the laptop bags themselves, but all the print collateral for them and the website yeah. stuff. It was, a, I mean, really small company. I was, like, literally the third person hired onto this company. So it was the owner, the office manager, and myself. Um, and, you know... I had always wanted to make something, create something. I've always been creative and liked art and, and just, I've always wanted to just make something, you know? And yeah. I had um, kind of simultaneously here, like I, I had 
first of all, I had a, a in, well, a weird taste in t-shirts, at least weird by my subjective nature. <laughs> it's like, you know, if we would go on a vacation or something, I'd always want to make sure I got the right shirt or, you know, like something, again, the right shirt, like that I, it spoke to me. And I, I don't, at the time, I don't think I could articulate why I liked certain things over other things. I could just knew it. You know, I just, I remember walking into a department store um, and this was like early nineties. So it was kind of like as the sort of maybe vintage slash retro style was kind of starting to come out, yeah. if you will. And there was like these t-shirts that just had a blown up version of Gilligan's face on it or a blown up Florence Henderson and it said mom on it. And I just thought <laughs> they were so interesting to me and yeah. I would buy them. So anyway, I always had this maybe a unique or sort of a, a, a love or somewhat passion for shirts like that, even though I would never consider myself into fashion or anything like that. I just had a, a, a quirk for it, I guess. So, you know, in terms of horror, obviously being a lifelong horror fan, um, I, I just remember one time I was this was in 2003. So, I mean, you're going back to way before Facebook, Instagram, even before MySpace and all these places. You know, you had to hang out on internet forums and message boards, you know, and I hung out in horror message boards. And some of the message boards I hung out on were uh, collectors that made and sold um, things like masks. Like my buddy Justin Mabry, who started Night Owl Forums and in, in, in Night Owl Productions, he made the best Michael Myers masks ever. I mean, these were like three, four hundred bucks, but they wow. were amazing. And he made Jason masks and he made, you know, all these things. And he actually went on to start and form Trick or Treat Studios. Um, but he's one of my great friends. And I was a member and an admin on that forum for a while. And well, actually, it was before I was an admin. I was just a member. And I, anyway, I just would see these things and I wanted to make something. And I thought, well, what about horror shirts? You know, like I've never really seen a horror shirt I, that I like. I mean, I, I had a, a Halloween one that I think was some promotional thing that Anger Bay put out. And I did look up some places online and I found places like Rotten Cotton, which were cool. But I, I there were, first of all, I think that was the only place online that did their own horror <laughs> shirt. Secondly, I, you know, they didn't really speak to me because it was really just a, a black and white version of the poster art on a t shirt. Yeah. So I thought, I want something that speaks to me and my weird sense of humor and style. So the first thing that really aligned for me with t-shirts and horror and all this stuff was, um, you know, it was back when what would Jesus do was pretty big, uh, as a thing. And I thought, Oh, that's funny. What if I did WW hockey mask D question mark? That's fine. <laughs> like to me, I, I just, just started laughing at that. And it was a very simple black and white design. And I researched it online trying to find out like someone must've thought of this before. Like someone must've done this. Like there's no way, I'm the first person. And I'm not saying that I was, but I could not find any evidence out there of, of something like this existing on a product or anything. Yeah. So I was like, well, that's cool. It seems to me like this is a pretty unique original idea. At least it's not something that came back with a million results. So maybe I could put that on a T-shirt. And maybe that hockey mask that I, I used could just be blown up on a T-shirt, very graphical looking, just like a cool white mask on a black T-shirt. And then ooh, what if I did like an interesting graphical looking one of Michael Myers and just called it trick or treat, you know, like just, you know, again, <laughs> nothing high art here. Um, <laughs> but when I when basically I talked to Justin about it on his forum, I said, hey, what do you think of these? It's like, I think they're cool. Why don't you show them? on my forum and I didn't want to spam anybody, you know, cause you're on someone else's 
message board, you know, the etiquette. You're not going to sit there and go, look at my stuff. And he's like, no, nah, man, I'll post it for you. So he posted it and it got a lot of feedback. People were really um, positive and they said, you know, I would buy that as a T-shirt and all these things. So that was really what gave me the boost to even start this. You know, it probably yeah. wouldn't have gotten off the ground had I not gotten this positive feedback from several people. So literally over the course of a weekend, it was, uh, I think, Labor Day 2003, I came up with a name, came up with a, I had to code my own website and plug in the PayPal and all that stuff. And I, you know, I ordered 20 shirts of each design, three designs, and it cost me like 600 bucks, which at the time, my girlfriend, who's my wife now, and we were saving up for a wedding, she's like, what the hell are you doing? Like, <laughs> 600 bucks? Like, that is crazy you yeah. never you know i'm like i don't know how i'm gonna pay this back but i think i'm gonna sell some shirts i don't know and i put it online and you know started getting some orders and it was just a real trip to know that people wanted to like send me money for something that was pretty weird <laughs> yeah that's awesome yeah you kind of broke in and saw like a a market that hadn't been tapped yet or with the big colorful graphic tees for that specific genre and came in at a good time and now you've moved from black and white hockey masks to full color <laughs> graphics on front of the t-shirt, just like that uh, Gilligan shirt that you saw in the store. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, it's gone a little bit. Yeah. Gone. Gone. Definitely. It's evolved quite a bit. But yeah, you guys are doing great stuff. I saw you, uh, you announced yesterday you're going to have a line for Dexter that's coming back, which is pretty cool. Yeah, it's uh, we're really excited that that's actually a license we've had for a while and we wanted to put it out this year. Um, but there were just so many, so much red tape that we had to go through and just so many things we had to deal with that we ended up, we, we, we finally were able to nail down the designs that we want, that we could do and get approved. But we had to push the release into January because it just the, by the time everything got done, we were already booked for the rest of this year. But it worked out perfectly because of the announcement of the new show and everything, even though I think it's probably coming out next summer, I think. I don't remember if they released the date, but at least it's kind of back in the zeitgeist, you know. And yeah. Yeah. Just announced yesterday, right? I, I Well, with <laughs> COVID and everything, I don't know if they've even, like, filmed anything at this point. So. Yeah, I'm not doing. sure either. Yeah. Yeah, but that'll be awesome. I just looking at the website, you got stuff from Elvira and, of course, Halloween and all the staples of the horror genre. But you also tap into like cult favorites like Rocky Horror. And, of course, you got to hit up Teen Wolf. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Love Teen Wolf. Yeah, people should definitely check out Fright Rag's website because you got a lot going on. This is the season. We're coming up on Halloween and definitely need some gear. Um I saw that you were doing a Halloween uh, lunchbox in thermos, which looks awesome. <laughs> yeah, that thing, I, I'm, I, I can't describe to you how excited I am for that thing because <laughs> it is just incredible and I can't wait for people to get it. It's been going really well. A lot of people love it. We've, we've been getting a lot of orders for it, so I'm, I'm definitely stoked. So uh, uh, sounds like Halloween was the, your first introduction and kind of like embedded itself in you, but what were – some titles or uh, pop culture references that kind of inspired you throughout your adolescence. And you said you were renting a lot of movies, but what are some to this day that are are your favorites and you have to pop in every year, especially around the Halloween season? 
I mean, being being a slasher fan, you know, I definitely gravitated toward Friday the 13th and Nightmare on Elm Street, especially because they were basically making a new one every year. Yeah. Um, so it was easy as a kid to sort of, oh, I need, I need to watch that. I need to watch that. And of course, all the other like mainstays like uh, Hellraiser and Child's Play and stuff. But um, but in terms of what I watch, you know, as an adolescent or a kid and even what I like to watch around Halloween, like. Silver Bullet is probably one of my absolute favorite movies of all time. Um, and that's the, you know, based on Stephen King's cycle of the werewolf. It's, oh, um, yeah. I have that one on VHS. That's a Corey Haim, correct? Yep. Yeah, yeah. And I have that one in VHS as well. And, um, you know, it's just, it's a movie that I just love. And it, I used to watch it. I remember it was 1988. It was, uh, my parents used to leave me home alone on Wednesday nights. They used to go to their churches to, for their choir practice. And it was like eight 30 to like, or like eight o'clock or seven 30 to like 10 30 at night. And I was like 10, 11 years old. Yeah. Yeah. And that, the, our, our Fox affiliate channel was channel 31. We didn't have cable at the time. So it was channel 31 and we, it was a local channel, but it was like a Fox affiliate thing. But anyway, they would run horror movies on Wednesday nights at eight o'clock. So eight to 10. And I had already seen Silver Bullet, but I taped it that night on TV. It was the Wednesday before Halloween. And the reason why I know that is because one of the commercials was pre- previewing Halloween 2, which was going to show on Halloween that, that next week. And I watched that tape. For whatever reason, I would watch Silver Bullet at least once or twice a year in September and October. And it was like a Saturday afternoon. I'd be playing with my Hot Wheels and watching Silver Bullet and then go ride my bike and stuff. And it was a tradition that I kept. And I lost that tape, but I you know, I had it on VHS and, of course, DVD and now Blu-ray and stuff. And um, it's a tradition I've kept for probably, well, over 30 years now. Um, and I've watched it even more than that and during that time. So it's a movie that I just love. Another movie that I absolutely love that – I try to watch this time of year every year is Lady in White, which came out in 1988, I believe. Yeah, I have that um, one on VHS too. <laughs> so, oh, dude, so that movie, I think I do too. That movie is special to me. We watched it in school. And one of the reasons why we watched it in school when it came out was because it was made only about 40 minutes away from me. Oh, wow. And oh. Yeah, and it's I've been to all the filming locations and things, and I actually befriended uh, Frank Lelogia, who wrote and directed it. And he lives in Italy now, and we've been friends for a while now because he's let us you know, use it for our T-shirts and stuff. He's just a great guy. And a few years ago, I he also his first movie was Fear No Evil, and then he did Lady in White. He offered me the opportunity to purchase the original um, print positives from... those films like basically he struck the print from the camera negative um for both films and would shop them around to different studios he'd carry them with him and you know the reels in the 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 containers and take them to studios to show them to try to get a distribution and he i bought both of those master prints from him oh wow i have both uh movies master print 35 millimeters in addition to uh, an original print of Halloween and an original print of Halloween four. So I've got those kind of stowed away, <laughs> um, <laughs> but it's just one of my favorites. That's, I just love that movie so much. Yeah. that And lady in white's the one takes place in like the sixties. Correct. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I remember that just like kind of like blueprinting on me when I was young and just like, uh, kind of like scared the crap out of me in a weird way. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, it's funny. We did a screening of it a few years ago. We do screening, well, pre-COVID. We were doing monthly screenings at an art house theater here in Rochester, one of the oldest theaters. And we bring in guests sometimes, like we brought PJ Souls in to watch Halloween. And if we can't bring people in, we will Skype with them. Um, and so they can be on the screen and we can host a Q&A right on the screen. And we did Lady in White and we had Frank um, Skype in from Italy and he had texted me before and he goes, hey, by the way, um, I can't remember her name right now, but it was the little girl who played the uh, the angel in the in the um, in the classroom. And she's yeah. like, you know, I really I really like your story, Frankie. She was in the audience. Oh, wow. <laughs> and he knew that. So he's like, make sure to call on her. And it was really kind of funny because she was just there to watch the movie. But and maybe talk to Frank, you know, but uh, of course I had to call her out and it was great. We all got pictures with her and stuff. It was funny. That's awesome. Are you finding new titles or um, franchises that you, you didn't think of that all of a sudden pop up and you go, well, wow, I really need to do something with that? Yeah, it's a little bit of both. I mean, obviously, there's always looking for titles that we haven't touched yet and trying to see if there's a, a chance we can do that. Um, ultimately, though, I think it's just I think it's a combination of things. You know, first of all, being a fan, you know, I'm into this stuff. I'm into um collecting th things you know like we yeah. we all sit around and you know wax work it has a vinyl come out we're all on the computer at the same time <laughs> at the office you know um or a NECA figure or whatever so i'm genuinely interested in this stuff and it just gets me excited to when we think of something and we're like just like trading cards you know that really was born out of like hey i love trading cards as a kid i wasn't a sports fan as a kid but i loved the idea of trading cards like garbage fell kids or even like some of the movie ones like you know jaws 2 or whatever uh fright flicks those were cool what if you know we were a kid and we had evil dead trading cards or dawn of the dead trading cards or halloween trading cards and we they looked like they came out in 1978 or 1981 and they were wrapped in the wax paper and stuff so when you start thinking of these things and we're all sitting around talking about it and it's like oh my god that would be amazing like <laughs> like and you start thinking about like oh my god and it's like let's try to make it you know like can we get the permission to do it can we do it and so it's it's almost like this thrill of the hunt for the next cool not and it's not even just the product itself like you know a new type of product but it's also even a shirt design like the boogeyman club idea we just came out with that was taken on the babysitters club you know that was just such a fun idea that we had and it was like Oh my God. And, and instead of the apple press, it could be pumpkin and this and that. Like, it's just when it clicks in with, with, with us and we get excited, I just, most of the time, luckily it translates to everybody else being excited about it. Sometimes it doesn't, but, um, you know, it's just, it's this, it's exciting. It's still very exciting. And I think also the other part of it is even though I never went to business school or, um, was went to any sort of you know get any education in business you know i've been learning this for 17 years i enjoy that aspect of things too running a business trying to be efficient with our processes and 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 streamlining things and also making sure that we're you know profitable and all those things so there's sort of a left brain right brain thing there's a creative side and there's an analytical number side that it speaks to me both of them speak to me because i'm on both of those things. So it it's a very good fit for me in what I do. And I'm blessed and grateful that it's something that I can do for a living and it's something that I enjoy, you know? Yeah, that's awesome. Every, 
that's kind of the dream, turning your passion into your work. But um, yeah. that's, that's kind of what my question was like, you, you never wanted to like your passion to become the work. So it's no longer mm-hmm. your passion. So it's you know, good to hear that you, you know, it's always fun for you still. It's funny. Like there are days that are very, very stressful and yeah. days that are, are bad in a way that it's just, it's just nothing has gone right. And you're getting yelled at by customers. You're having employee issues. You're, this and that and this and that. And it just feels like the entire world just collapsed on you. And during those days, never have I said, you know what? I'm done out. (laughs) Yeah. You know, like if I was at just one of my other old jobs, I think I probably would have been like, you know what? This is too much. I think I need to start looking for something else or whatever. I don't feel that way with this, you know, like even at the worst moments and I, you know, and again, I'm not complaining every job and everything has its ups and downs, you know, mm-hmm. but even the lowest of the lows, some days where you're just like, are you kidding me? Like, I'm just going to go back to bed because clearly the world hates me today. Even those days, I'm just like, but this is what I do. Like, this is what I do. Like, I don't, I don't ever look at it as something I could just, well, I'm just going to go do something else. Yeah. Like I'm in it. You know, like I'm in it. So I, I, in that sense, it, it's true. Like when you live your passion, you know, it's weird. They always say if you do what you love to do, you'll never work a day in your life. The irony is you'll work harder than you've ever worked in your entire life at anything. Like it's just that's it. I mean, between that and being a parent, you know, like that's yeah. it. <laughs> I was taking a look at the collections here and I uh, just wanted to go through a few of the things on the website that st- stood out to me and get your thoughts and maybe how those came to be. One of them is one of my all-time favorite cheesy kind of horror or uh, just like weird genre of like cult classics would be Chopping Mall. That's <laughs> That's got to be. I, I, I just watched it a few weeks ago again and it had been maybe like a year or two since I watched it previously and it's just every time I kind of laugh the whole movie and I love it. <laughs> oh, but how, how did, it, it, how did classic. that, how did that come on your radar to be like, yeah, we got to do some products for the chopping mall. <laughs> well, we, you know, I had been after, um, Corman titles for many years now. In fact, uh, about 10 years ago, we had been doing a couple shirts. I think one of them was for slumber party massacre, which is a personal favorite of mine. Um, and we got a cease and desist from his company, which, you know, this was before we were licensing a lot of stuff and, and that happened once yeah. in a while. And I said, okay, you know, we'll gladly take it down. But I said, would we, you know, we'd like, we'd love to be able to do it official. Can we work with you and your titles? This wasn't Roger himself. This was one of his people and they were resistant. They didn't want to do it, whatever. And I would hit them up every year or two until I finally realized, you know, after like six or seven years, like this isn't going to happen or whatever. And I never got responses or whatever. So then I heard, well, I'm, I know some, I know some people over at Scream Factory, Shout Factory, and I, they kind of shot me an email and they're like, Hey, listen, we're about to buy the entire Corman catalog. Oh, wow. You want to do t-shirts? And I'm like, uh, hell yeah. So they finally announced it publicly and then we worked on a licensing deal. And so since they own it now, they are able to license it out and, and we have it. And there's a few other companies that are doing shirts for those titles too. But obviously out of the list of the titles that they own, I mean, clearly uh, Chopping Mall, Some Party Massacre, um, Piranha, those types of titles were on the top of my list to get for sure. 
That's great. Just gotta be persistent and then maybe it'll come back around to you. <laughs> that's it. I mean, that's, that's all it is. Yeah, exactly. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, you got, uh, the, the designs too. One thing I was wondering is, um, it looks like you will, um, call out the, who the artworks by is, do you work with freelance designers? Do you have it in house to, uh, is it a mix of both or? Yeah, it's a little bit of a mix of both. We have an in-house designer who he handles most of the overall things like website and newsletters and all these other things. I mean, he does our T-shirt designs, too. He does some of them, um, but he's sort of a global uh, designer, if you will, that yeah. takes care of the aesthetics, which I mean, he just does an amazing job with everything. But in terms of T-shirt designs, we have a couple. Everyone's most everyone is freelance, um, but we have a few people sort of under contract exclusive to us, like Justin Osborne and Kyle Crawford, who um, will only design shirts for us um, because they're, they kind of help define our aesthetic and they give it that sort of retro vintage feel. Justin's work is like looking at VHS covers all day. It's amazing. Um, And then there's other people that we kind of, when we develop an idea, we think, okay, we want to do this like pulp looking cover. Well, we got a person that can do that. We know a guy. You know, um, we, we want to make it look like this. Oh, you know what? She would be great for that. You know, there's just a lot of we sit around and think, well, what do we need to do with this collection? You know, like, let's look at the crow. What should we do? Well, we got to have a Justin Osborne piece. And I think Kyle could do some cool stuff. And ooh, what if we got, you know, this person to do just the space? So it's a mix and it's kind of us curating what we want. And especially with collections that we've done one or two or three or four collections, we're always trying to keep it fresh. We're trying to look at a property and go, well, what else could we do? We've got a backlog of, of backs, uh, a back catalog of, of things that we can constantly re-release and they still sell. But we always try to think like Halloween. Again, we released almost all reprints this year, which did phenomenally well. But we wanted to have something new and that Boogeyman Club was new. And, um, you know, the artist that we get to do it, Yannick, he's just amazing at what he does. And he was able to get that out and uh joe our designer in-house was able to do the type and the words and all that stuff so it's it's definitely a a team effort yeah that's great um now besides kind of move away from uh just asking specifics about fright rags i wanted to ask it sounds like you're a collector of kind of nostalgia and pop culture items that are or new or old um what are some things besides horror that from your adolescence and throughout especially the 80s that um still to this day like just you love and bring back that nostalgia and you found oh man i need to buy that or collect that again or, um like it was, you mentioned you still have vhs but what are some other items or things or properties that um just take you back immediately outside of horror yeah th- there's a couple things first I would say is he man masters of the universe because I mean, I was at that age when that came out in 81, 82. And I mean, I remember going to the store and the only ones available were he man, Skeletor and man at arms, you know? Um, and I still have all my, all my guys, all my original guys. Um, obviously that, you know, some of them are beaten up, but I still have yeah. them all. So being a fan of masters of the universe, there's a lot of master stuff out there now. And I oh, don't, man. I don't I don't go too far down the rabbit hole because it's just too much. Um, but one thing I did do last year, was it last year, a year and a half ago? Um, there's a 
guy I follow, I don't know if you're familiar with him, his name is Zombie Sailor Toys on yes. Instagram. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And he had the mother load of um <laughs> of Masters of the Universe case sealed uh figures from 85 he that guy and, just has me slapping my head it's like where how when <laughs> it's ridiculous and when he popped up with that i was like um i need it so and again i'm normally not a person that goes after stuff like that um yeah. so i i ended up getting a hordak and a battle cat pristine that's, that's, condition that's amazing i mean that's amazing. the unpunched like Everything about these things. I mean, it's got a little bend in the uh, in the back of the backer card because of the, how it was pressed into the case. But I mean, it's not has nothing. I mean, it's it's I mean, pristine. I mean, it looks like I I've seen a lot of mint on card and, you know, there's fading and things. And yeah, I'm not like Mr. Uh, collector, but I've seen these things. But holding this in my hand legitimately felt like like 1985 again like wow. i just walked into a toys r us and pulled it off a rack and it's that like crazy so i did get those two um i do like et et is a, probably my second favorite film of all time and with halloween being the first of course and et i don't actively look for things the only things that i've bought in recent years i rebought my um uh color form set that i had as a kid and i rebought the scratch and sniff stickers <laughs> five packs so i could open one at a time and just sort of have them for a long time and just like kind of huff them every once in a while i just stick my nose in there and go oh, <laughs> so good because i remember them as a kid you know the evergreen and yeah. uh, all these things so but ever occasionally i have people that will send me et stuff if they you know i like it they'll just randomly like one of my friends down in texas he will send me a, a random et thing that he found or I just had, and I have like a life-size ET in my theater room here at home, and I just, I have a, actually a, I know it sounds weird, a life cast, but it's actually a life cast of the actual ET head. Oh, wow. Uh, face. I have a plaster cast of it. Um, so I've gotten, I, I, I've I bought things, you know, to collect ET, but I'm not actively out there looking for ET items. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and just like anything else, honestly, like I love G.I. Joe and I love Transformers. And I mean, again, 80s kids. So there's all that <laughs> stuff I grew up on. But I've really kind of pulled back on a ton of collecting. Um, I mean, I get NECA stuff or whatever and the Mezco stuff. But it, I, I don't do it a ton just because I really have a lot of stuff already. Yeah. It, <laughs> gets, I, it gets to be overwhelming. I'm already yeah. at a point where I'm trying to dial back things. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I'm very... I'm I'm very uh, judicious about what I buy now. In fact, um, I also play guitar, which I've been playing for a long time, and I've you know owned a couple electric guitars that I, I love. And then during this whole pandemic in the last several months, I've I mean I've been playing on and off for a long time. I used to be in bands and stuff, and then um, for the last seven eight years, I've been playing a lot more regularly, just at home, you know, just practicing and stuff. But this year I ended up buying two more guitars during COVID. So that's been sort of a recent obsession of mine. <laughs> oh yeah. That could be a whole nother rabbit hole. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's, that's a, definitely a problem. Sounds like though you were lucky enough to uh, weather the childhood and come out with your uh, action figures where some of us have that <laughs> sad story of our mother selling them all in a garage sale like myself. <laughs> no, my mom. Yeah. I have my mom to thank for that because my mom and I get a lot of my, 
tendencies from her. Um, she saved everything. So when I bought my first house with my wife, I would just show up at home after work and there'd be like five bins of stuff sitting outside my door. <laughs> it's like, oh, I found this in the basement and it's like all my stuffed animals, all my He-Man, all my Transformers. But now I'm like, where the hell am I going to put all this stuff? Because yeah, my house wasn't that big at the time. That's amazing. So, yeah, I it's great in one hand and it's also like, <laughs> uh-oh. Um, but it's weird because as a kid and as I grew up, I saved a ton of stuff. So I still have like the care uh, my the first michael myers mask i ever bought in 1990 it was a 1985 dom post mask but i bought it in 1990 i still have the receipt and the care manual for it and everything um i have movie stubs i have the things you cut out of the paper for movies i have i have my old teeth for god's sakes i've got little boxes downstairs that have a whole bunch of just stuff in it that (laughs) it's so random and i'll go through it once in a while and i'm like I'm glad I saved all this stuff, but why the hell did I save all this stuff? Like I'm just <laughs> so I'm I'm my mother in many ways, and someday my kids are gonna be like, "What the hell is all this crap?" and get rid of it. Yeah, we're I've I've gone I, down I, over the last the the pandemic especially didn't help, but over the last couple of years, especially starting, uh, oh, I had that up uh, three years ago. Now I've I've just like been like, oh man, I had all those. I need to get that again. So especially He Man, I had to get the Castle Grayskull again, and a bunch of the figures. So I have those, I have the figure case. I had to rebuy all that stuff. <laughs> I still have my castle Grayskull and my snake mountain. That's awesome. So, and now my yeah. son of course is into He-Man. So I had to get uh-huh. him a castle Grayskull and they just Mattel released a new line of masters. Nice. So I had to get him yeah. a He-Man and Skeletor. And... That's, you know, when my daughter was first born and she was, I don't know, maybe two or three years old, we would uh, start a tradition of watching a He-Man episode every night because I had them on DVD. And it was so cool because I started getting the figures out from my attic at the time. So when we watched like Happy Birthday, Mr. Roboto, like the next morning I would bring down Roboto and she's like, oh, it's Roboto. <laughs> and That's awesome. you know, I, I took my Skeletor and my He-Man out of the mix because I'm like, I'm keeping them for myself. And yeah. my Skeletor head was about to fall off anyway but i bought the new ones the bigger ones yeah um that to, to for her to play with and she would play with them a little bit and then when my son was born he wasn't into it as much um which is fine but i still have all those guys anyway <laughs> yeah i still i have uh photos that i found in in bins at my uh parents house of opening castle grayskull on christmas and that's awesome holding on to that, that battle cat that you got uh case fresh i i have a picture with that in my hands and I had to recreate it when I got that recent battle cat that Mattel released that the yes. packaging looks identical. <laughs> yeah. That's a great one. I love the retro play stuff. I, you know, I may end up caving and going to Walmart or something and picking up a figure or two, but I don't know. It's, it's enticing. I'm telling you as a, as a, and you know, this as a kid from the eighties, you yeah. look at that stuff and it, it just brings you back. And it's so crazy to walk into a store now as an adult and see, <laughs> see masters on on the pegs again and they look yep. just like it when you were a kid or re, like last summer was real ghostbusters and i had to buy all that line and <laughs> yeah it's expensive being an adult you yeah. know especially they're they're totally tapping into they're like they know we're adults with some expendable income now so like <laughs> let's bring all this stuff back <laughs> exactly but yeah, man, it's been great talking to you, and um, definitely everyone should check out Fright Regs. They got a lot going on for the spooky season, and um, it's great to talk to another collector and lover of uh, 
you know, nerdy things like horror and pop culture and uh, especially bringing up He-Man. I mean, man, that was our childhood, so. <laughs> oh, my God, yeah. And, and honestly, thanks for having me on, and, and, and thanks for uh, thanks for the all the stuff you post on Instagram. It's funny because my wife had found you, and she started following you. She's a new to Instagram. She started earlier this year, oh, and yeah. she's been into, like, social media, and she's like, hey, look at this stuff. And it's funny because, like, I, I start obviously following you, and I'm like, and she would show me, like, all the stuff you post in your stories, like, what about this movie? Have you ever seen that? I'm like, yeah, I've seen that. Like, <laughs> it was like new to her. She's not really into horror or whatever. I mean, she's you know in the 80s stuff kind of, but like she's not like into a lot of stuff. She's like, you ever heard of the Wraith? I'm like, yeah, I love the Wraith, of course. <laughs> like, so things like that. So she's she's been seeing stuff you post and asking me about. It. I'm like, oh yeah, no, I love that movie too. Like, it's just funny. That's great. Yeah, wonderful. Well, thanks for following, and of course, I'm gonna keep following Fright Rags and love all the stuff. I gotta go pick out some uh, spooky shirts for this season so um once again everyone thanks for listening to oh i had that and thank you ben from fright rags and until next time <laughs>